Hello, this is Doc Jones. I'm a uh, private investor, so any of the material here is, think of it as for your own entertainment. This is not uh, advice on what to do with your money or how to invest. I'm just going to rationalize why I've made uh, an investment in Amarita Resources. So before we begin, I suggest that you go to your internet browser, go to ceo.ca, go to my profile, Doc Jim Jones, and open up report seven and six on Amarita Resources. I'll start with uh, number seven. So press pause now and do that. All right, welcome back. So beginning with report seven. Entitled Amarita Resources announces first assays after winning six-year court battle for the Paymogul land package. Now, just a little bit of history. Um, they were up against Masta for this uh, land package, and they were in court for six years, and they finally won. It was granted to them um, last year, and they received the uh, environmental and drill permits in February, after which, three hours later, Eric Sprott came in and bought 10% of the company. Um, so it has three deposits on it, historic, uh, the Roman era, <coughs> El Cura, and La Infanta. So we'll start with this one. First off, we're looking at the La Infanta results. This is from the sampling of the 800 meters of additional strike uh, that they've identified there. 450 meters of strike were tested by uh, Phelps Dodge, but they had a postage stamp size property then and they hit the boundary, uh, the property boundary and couldn't go any further. So what you see here is um, the lowest value is an outlier of $565 and the highest is 2,447, with the median being above $2,000 a ton. In the context of underground mining, anything north of $300 a ton is exceptional. And so we're coming in here at an average of eight times what is considered high grade in the industry. Now granted, these are sur surface samples, so what's on surface doesn't necessarily mean that's what's below. But if you go down to the next image, it's the La Infanta deposit drill program. It lists the, uh, some of the historic intercepts. And what you see here is uh, the mineral mineralization basically outcrops its surface. It's only been tested down to 100 meters. And the very last drill hole circled in red is 5.3 meters of almost $1,700 a ton. That was up against the pro property boundary. So that lens most likely continues a fair ways. And if the surface samples are indicative of how far that lens goes, then those full 800 meters, they'll be, uh, that lens will run under. Now, uh, what's also important to see here is there's a, a second very thin lens in there that doesn't outcrop its surface. It's a blind lens that was discovered uh, through drilling by Phelps Dodge. And it has actually the highest grades on the property. You usually get the highest grades at surface. Uh, for the very nature that the geos tend to pick up the nice shiny rocks and assay them. They don't pick up barren rock. So often surface samples will give you a um, give you a uh, 
a misconception of the true value of the property. But in this case, you actually get the highest assay value from within the actual ore body. Uh, and that is 0.43 meters at a whopping $2,671 a ton. Now, you need two meters generally to mine when you're mining underground. But if something's high grade, you can mine less than two meters. You just have to dilute it to a two meter uh, length. So this intercept, you'd have to divide by five. And what you get is you get over $500 a ton, which is what, 80% higher in value than what is considered high grade. And uh, if you follow that lens, that thin lens along the structure, uh, they have another 0.4 meters of $2,140 a ton, which diluted would be over $400 a ton. So that's very mineable. But the important thing here to grasp is that the last drill hole against the property boundary hit a wide 5.3 meters at $1,700 a ton. And being a uh, VMS deposit uh, where you had these black smokers on the sea floor spewing out uh, rich minerals and then they settle and coalesce at the bottom that creates these very wide sheets of mineralization. And um, if the thickest point here is say where this thing is, and that means that this is going to continue on as you get further away from the source of where the uh, the black smoker is, then the minerals tend to dissipate and you get a thinner layer. So if the back half equals the front half, then you've got at least, least another million tons there. And a million tons at the historic grade uh, of a thousand dollars a ton is another billion dollars in metal. And that doesn't take into account that it goes the full uh, 1,250 meters it's been traced or that the lens continues blindly beneath the surface or that there's other blind lenses. Um, because they only drilled 100 meters historically, the odds are that there could be stacked lenses here because these eruptions go on and on and on and minerals accumulate in, in stacked layers in VMS deposits. And the great thing about them is they tend to lie flat, wide sheets, very easy to mine. And this one comes to surface, so there's no sinking of a very expensive shaft. You're basically ramping right into mineralization. Um, so and they're drilling that right now. Uh, so moving to the next is the Roman era. The next uh, image there, you have the Rom Roman era assays. Multiple samples with gold and silver alone uh, of over $400 uh, a ton. What's important here is that Roman era, historically, as well as Lanfanta, Lanfanta wasn't assayed for gold at all, but if you look in the, going back, to the assay results from Lanfanta, they're averaging about one gram a ton there. So um, that in itself 
if you have an average of one gram a ton that's not accounted for, it's, it's another $60 a ton uh, added in. Uh, okay, going back to Roman era. If you look at the assay table there from the, from the surface samples, uh, what's important on the second page where I broke down the calculations, you're averaging that just the precious metal credits there are over $400 a ton, exceeding what would be high grade for all combined metals to mine. Essentially, if, if those type of numbers held true across the deposit, then the precious metal credits would make your copper, zinc, and lead have a cash cost of zero to produce it. And historically, Roman era, which, which is really important that a lot of people are not aware of or overlook, is that they didn't include a lot of the silver and most of the gold assays when, it, when calculating the historic resource. Back then, uh, it was AstraZeneca that drilled it the first time, I believe. Um, and they only did Z, uh, link plus, uh, zinc plus lead to get the resource. They didn't even assay for the silver or gold. And in the historical documents that em Emeritus received from the drilling by Rio Tinto in the 90s, a lot of times they didn't include the gold. And they have intervals of 10 meters of 2 grams, 5, 6 meters of 2, 3 grams that were not included in the resource. So there is great upside, upside from these 11.2 million tons of high grade just from the having the total assays for the silver and gold included which could you know increase the value per ton by a hundred dollars just right there from including it and if you look as far as the surface samples you have a low of 515 dollars and a high of 1159 and if you scroll down now to the roman era deposit the uh, diagram of it you can see that the, the high-grade lenses, there's two lenses there, and the last hole that was drilled intersect both lenses, so they're both still open. And the bottom one was greater than 20 meters thick. Now again, with the VMS deposit, when these minerals precipitate down, uh, they accumulate in these large sheets. So the, the idea that this 20, meter thick mineralization just dies in the next 10, 20, 30, 100 meters is pretty improbable. Um, yeah, so, so if you look at where it outcrops its surface down to where it is there, that's 11.2 million tons. And the thickest is the interval is around the last hole. So it, 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 these deposits, if you think of something precipitating down from a, from a source and then spreading out and coalescing, you're going to get probably the thickest intervals closer to the source. Whereas uh, as you move further out, it starts to thin, right? So if this just increases, the strike length by 
That's another almost 6 million tons at over $400 a ton, including the precious metal credits. Call it $400 a ton. Another five, six million tons, you're looking at another 2.4 to 3 billion added to the uh, gross metal value of this uh, three deposit package. And again, outcrops at surface, no need of a shaft. You can ramp right into ore. So with this uh, Pomogol land package, which is owned 100% royalty-free, you have as-is before any drilling, drilling and expansion, uh, approximately 14 million tons, valued at about 4.5 billion, or I'm sorry, 6.5 billion in metal gross metal. Now, La Infanta can double, triple in size. Let's say it doubles, goes from 1 million tons to 2 million tons. That's another billion. Roman era, with including all the precious metal assays and the expansion of the deposit by 50%, gets you another close to 6 million tons. So you're so you add it all up, then you're getting to a project that has a consolidated value of over 10 billion in high-grade metal at an average ore value exceeding $450, $500 a ton with heavy precious metal byproduct credits outcropping at surface. And these three deposits are along a seven-kilometer line uh, for development, they will build one mill and then truck ore in. So the, you would build the mill ideally next to the largest deposit to limit the amount of trucking that you do. So you either you mine these in unison and blend the ore, and then you have a blended value of you know, $450, $500 a ton, or you mine the furthest one first, the highest grade, La Infanta, which means that if you did it that way, the first couple of years of production, you get your highest returns and highest margins because you're running ore through there that is at least $1,000 a ton. That means your payback period for the uh, capital costs are accelerated immensely. And then once you get to the Alcura and the Roman era deposits, you've paid back all your initial capex and it's all just free cash flow. Okay, moving on. Uh, now, we're going to, uh, this, this is more of a, um, looking at it from an economic standpoint. This is, without adding any additional tons, which they will, all right? So you got 14 million tons, including gold and silver, not previous assayed. You end up with about 8.5 billion in metal value. 80% recovery factor across the board when you blend it, blend the uh, recovery in uh, of each um, production line, the zinc, the lead, the copper, the silver, the gold, getting a blended 80% recovery, taking into account that your zinc and lead and copper, you're going to get the highest recovery, and it's also going to carry the most economic weight. So you're blended. 80% is pretty reasonable. That gives you a, a net recoverable payable metal of 6.8 billion 
you assume 300 million capex to build a 3,000 ton per day mill. You get a mine life of 13 years, annual revenue over 500 million US. Now, if you aside, assign a 30% um, cash flow margin on the payable metal, you end up with approximately 2 billion in cash flow. Then you back out your um, CapEx of 300 million, you end up with a free cash flow net present value of about 1.65 billion. Now in this model, I'm assuming 70% of every dollar or 70 cents of every dollar produced goes into your discounted net present value, your taxes, your labor, your mining costs, your every cost that you can think of. Essentially what I'm saying is um, you're basically spending five billion out of the 6.8 on all those things, which, you know, that's, I, I severely doubt it's going to cost that much for one thing because of the high grade, another thing because it's close to service and there's no shaft needed. Um, yeah, but anyways, even looking at it from that standpoint, you're looking at yearly annual free cash flow of 128 million US dollars, right? What's the current market cap? 66 million US. Even if you put a, a multiple on a, a net present value of 1.65 billion of 20%, you're looking at a $325 million market cap US. That's a 5x return from where it is now. If you do a 30% on the free cash flow, you get to seven and a half times. Now, even without taking into account that the value per ton is going to increase from the precious metals being fully assayed, and you just go with what is there now, you've got 6.5 billion in gross metal, payable metal of 5.2 billion minus your CapEx, you get to an annual free cash flow of 100 million a year, 13 year mine life, 1.26 billion in uh, net present value. That's assigning 70 cents of every dollar of payable metal goes into the running of the mine, the taxes, the labor, the GNA, uh, includes your net, uh, net discount to uh, um, cash flow, future cash flow. Um, then, just as is, at 20% of net present value, you've got a 4x return, 3.8x. At 30% um, of net present value as a market multiple for a developer, it's usually 20 to 30%, you get a 5.7x return. That's your downside hedge. Right, and this investment because 100% owned, it's a historic resource. It's already drilled. The drilling was done by um, Rio Tento, Phelps Dodge. Uh, these properties haven't been worked in over 20, 30 years in some cases, and full precious metals were not included, which is going to increase the value per ton, which is already above what is considered a high grade resource. You know, 
Now, moving on to the the upside beyond this, if that's your downside hedge, then the upside, the Anacoya. We'll go to report six now. Amarita Resources is the great bear resources of the polymetallic sector. Bring that up, I'll pause. Okay, welcome back. So, why do I say this is the great bear resources? Well, we're on the street, great bear resources, when they finally do do a 43-101, it's 10 to 15 million ounces of gold. At what grade? I don't know. But if you do the math on Emerita's uh, total resource, including the Anacoya, you get to almost 17 million ounces of gold equivalent at a little over 6 grams per ton. It's highly economic, highly mineable. So scrolling down, you'll see the first image. Uh, it shows the, um, uh, the, the map of the Anacoya. It says Grupo Mexico. That's who they've been fighting in court for the last six years because of a corruption case where they awarded the tender illegally. And most recently, uh, five Supreme Court judges of Spain ruled unanimously in Emerita's favor. Um, currently, there are uh, seven people in the government charged with corruption, uh, and that's going to a sentencing round, uh, as well as two high-ranking officials in Grupo Mexico. Uh, charges of bribery, you know, the gamut is there. Now, the important thing about that is the laws are very clear. If there is a, a crime committed in the awarding of a tender, that company gets disqualified and then the tender goes to the next qualified company. The only other person in the second round was Amarita Resources. And they are actually the only ones that completed phase one, which has been proven in court, where Grupo, uh, the tender was awarded to a subsidiary that didn't even exist when the tender was going on. They didn't do the environmental study. Um, yeah, uh, so there's... It's all pointing to Amarita is going to get the land package. And uh, the final ruling is coming up um, between now, any day now, and in June sometime. Uh, the court has denied all further op appeals, so it will be resolved within the next, you know, four to six weeks. Now, why is that important? Well, initially... It was, the tender was put out there to put the Los Freelys um, zinc-lead copper mine back into production. Uh, but this land package includes a past-producing historic uh, Anacoya copper-silver mine. It was an old open pit that was shut down in the 90s. Um, and that was never mentioned in any of the um, documents or anything about that, just that it was there and it had 90 million tons. And Emerita uh, is going to be mining underground. So I wanted to find out how much of that 90 million tons is high grade that can be mineable. So I did a bunch of research. And I, the next image you see is from a, uh, mi the, a mining journal about the uh, Iberian pyrite belt deposits. It's published in 1998 after 
uh, Anacoya was already shut down. And you can see there in the highlighted, there's the red area, red arrow, Anacoya is underlined, that the total deposit is in fact 90 million tons. But within that, there's the peritic uh, complex, which is the high-grade lens of 43 million tons with 0.44 copper, 1.77 lead, 3.33 zinc, 67 grams of silver, and one gram of gold per ton. You do the math on that, it works out to a little over $300 a ton. Total value, 13 billion. And mineable. Just within that, you have almost 100 million ounces of silver, 1.38 million ounces of gold. The next is a, um, a diagram of the Anacoya mine. And, you, and the different uh, different layers in the uh, rhyolite, the uh, pyroclastic layer, and then you have the pyrite layer. Uh, that's the pyrite complex. And as you can see, this came actually, this is an interesting story. It took me a few days to find this. I finally found this image uh, from the Copper Symposium in Moscow in 1984. This, this was there. And what you can see here is that you have the pyritic complex, nice thick fat lens, uh, dipping on a 45 degree angle, approximately, and it's open at depth. Uh, it's about 30 meters wide at depth. Um, and this is uh, about a kilometer, kilometer and a half from um, Las Frilles. And if you listen to the YouTube uh, small cap Steve, interview with David Goer, the CEO, he talks about the Anacoya old copper silver mine and that they will be able to exploit the high-grade stopes from there and it's huge because they can use the infrastructure that they will build for Los Friles to ramp over there and get high-grade stopes. So this increases the value of that project by 13 billion. At, well, at least because this deposit is still open. It's only been drilled down to like 350 uh, meters because they only drill it for open pit depth. Um, it's very interesting because this was a, uh, a silver copper open pit and if you look at the pyroclastic layer which is above uh, the pyrite uh, when they were doing the open pit that's what they were mainly mining and the low-grade uh, copper and silver you know had prices of those commodities been better back in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, then they would have continued to expand this pit, which had a horrible strip ratio to begin with, uh, and they would have got to the, the uh, peritic complex and exploited that. But um, as is, there's 13 billion in metal there that can be underground mined. Now we move to the Los Freelies mine. Uh, this is the one that everyone uh, has been battling for because it would be the first to go into production there. Uh, it has within the pit shell uh, 20 million tons of high grade. Uh, the total high grade defined right now is 28 million tons because when you remove the shell, because you're underground mining, you can go you know, deeper and exploit it. Um, uh, the, the key about this is that it's mineralization that outcrops within the pit, so you ramp directly into, roar, into the ore. You know, you don't have to sink a shaft and spend a half a billion dollars to get to it. It's, it's there already. 
the value of this is a little over 10 billion, those 28 uh, million tons at an average in today's uh, commodity price, because it's gone up a bit, about 385 um, dollars a ton. Again, well above the what is considered uh, economically mineable and profitable um, of the 250 $300 a ton for underground mining. And you can see there is the, um, that they would, uh, the, the ramps that they would build to exploit it. Uh, and you can see how they have a ramp already in here going over to the Anacoya. Uh, what's also important about this image is to the, um, to the west, there's a third lens of high grade, uh, approximately the same grades as Los Freelings and composition. It doesn't have a resource on it, but it has you know several high grade intercepts into it. So if you compare just looking at this, it's a, it's a two dimensional shot of a 3D model. That lens is actually in between the um, Anacoya and the Los Freelies mine. So uh, the perspe perspective is a little off because um, uh, you know the the um, Anacoya is actually larger than the Los Freelies in in the center. So that lens there, if if we assume by looking at it that it's <coughs> a quarter of the size of the Los Freelies. So it's a quarter of twenty eight, about six point five. So an additional. Um, between, I would say, conservatively, four to eight million tons will be added to the project, bringing this from 28 million tons to approximately 34 million tons. Uh, that third lens there that outcrops that surface <coughs> at the historical grades, that adds another two billion to the value of the project. So now you're getting 10, mil 10 billion at Los Freelis. 13 billion at the Anacoya, another 2 billion at the no-name uh, lens. So that's 25 billion in high-grade metal that has an average value per ton above $325 a ton. <coughs> you add it all up between the uh, Anacoya land package with the three deposits there, the three deposits on um, Pamogal, the La Infanta, El Cura, and Romanera, you're getting total tonnage as is of, what is that, uh, about 83 million tons of high grade valued at a total of 32 billion and they're all open for expansion that's incredible and another thing actually this uh, if uh, you should look at the schematic of the of the last the last drilling that was done in the Los Freelis mine the deepest drilling went to 350 meters and what they hit down there is they hit the ore body was uh, over 60 meters thick, 40 meters high grade, and six meters of moderate grade. So that ore body is going to continue. 
um, when you have uh, mineralization that's 60 meters thick and 40 meters of it is high grade, that 40 meters just doesn't end, you know, to be a mass deposit. And, and there, the only way it could end is if there was a fault there and it just cut it off, but there isn't. So you're looking at these, all these projects are going to add tonnage. So this is very quickly going to get over 100 million tons of high grade. That's, uh, that's certainly a lot of money. And uh, the mine life's on these, depending on the size of your, your mill, you're looking at 30 years, 40 years of production at the uh, Anacoya complex, uh, depending on the size of your mill at uh, uh, Pomogal, you could put a 2,500 ton mill there and run that thing for 15, 16, maybe 20 years with expansion. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, the, that's the proposition there. And uh, if you scroll down further on report six, you can get to some evaluation models. <coughs> I find that, you know, retail investors tend to only think in gold, some in silver, and that's about it. So if you convert all these things, all these metals into gold equivalent, you get your um, almost 17 million ounces uh, in silver equivalent, 400 million of which is actual silver silver. It's one over 1.1 billion ounces of silver at an average grade of 411 grams per ton silver equivalent. That's an incredible, incredible value. Actually, I just um, I added to the report there the uh, schematic of the last drill hole at Los Freelys. Just so you can see it, you don't have to dig for it. Um, you'll see there, it's right below the um, Los Freelys uh, diagram where it says uh, last deepest hole at Los Freelys. You can see it's um, the zone is uh, 65 meters thick and it's 39.4 meters thick is high grade you've got 7.2 meters thick of medium grade and 19 meters thick of low grade for a total of 65 point feet uh, 65.4 meters thick in mineralization uh, and that's open that thing is going to go on for a few hundred meters uh, and that's going to add millions of tons. Um, it's just incredible. Yeah, so, um, you know, you, you can get into some economic models on this. So the downside, you can look at what's the downside. The downside is, is that for whatever reason, even though all the laws were broken, people are being charged and sentenced, and even though the Supreme Court has uh, unanimously sided with Amarita, for some reason, they don't get the Anacoya project. And you're just left with Pomogol, which we've already illustrated is worth at least four times the current market cap. You know, um, now they do get it. Then you're going to see, in my opinion, one of the greatest repricings of a stock you'll ever see because then you go from something that has a net present value of just with Pomogol of you know 
billion to $2 billion to something that has a net present value of multiple of billions of dollars. Right, on plus 30 billion in high-grade metal, even if you say that only 15% of that will flow through to the net present value, then you have 4.5 billion, right, net present value. You put a 20% multiple on that, that's a $900 million market cap, right? What's the market cap now? 66 million USD. That's like a 15X. And that's without any expansion of these resources. My thought is, is that when they do get awarded the land package, very quickly, uh, they will either be bought out or uh, they'll bring in a joint venture partner, one of the majors, at a huge, huge premium. Uh, what they could do is, in that case, is they could spin out uh, Pomogol into a separate company to the shareholders. Um, and then you have, yeah, you have one share of Emerita A, which is basically being carried through the total cost of getting it into production at a, you know, 50% carry, they have 50% of the deposit, which on net is, you know, 15 billion with no costs into production. And uh, another company that has at least 14 million tons of high grade that is worth, you know, a market cap of 400 million. Like the, the, the possibilities are just immense to the upside right and and the thing about this it doesn't require any magical science no special new techniques of, of extraction it's just meat and potatoes underground mining um yeah so you know do your own due diligence this is my thought on it i think it's a very compelling value especially you know if you look recently, the news releases in Spain, you have the European Union is investing 3.4 billion in the Iberian Pirate Belt, half of which is in the area where Amarito has their properties to help uh, promote underground mining and develop deposits and get them into production at the same time, the uh, province where Amarita's properties are located recently declared that um, the adjunta there declared that uh, they had passed a law designating underground mining as a strategically important industry in the region and that will be permitted in all areas of the region. Mining developments will have priority as an economic activity. You know, the new government came into Spain uh, fairly recently, which has been just a godsend to Amarita, because after that new government came in, uh, they were awarded uh, 
Pomogol, uh, the case was advanced against Grupo Mexico to get the land tender. Um, they have streamlined permitting and opened up ground that was not accessible before. They've declared underground mining as strategic importance to the economic development of the country. They have a really high unemployment there. It's astronomical. They need jobs, and they need to have something to support uh, GDP. Uh, and uh, mining will, of these critical elements uh, is going to create an immense amount of growth and prosperity for this country, especially this province. Provide it'll apply, provide employment, it'll provide tax revenues to municipalities. It, the trickle-down effect to uh, the businesses that support the mining industry, you know, hotels, rentals, restaurants, everything. Everyone will benefit. Um, it's really a, a, a rebirth and golden age to be mining in Spain. Well, that's the summary of it all. I have numerous reports there. I would suggest anyone interested, go watch the Small Cap Steve interview with uh, David Goer, the CEO, where he explains the proposition here, explains where they're at with these things. And uh, you'll see that everything I've said here is being supported by what the company's saying publicly. And uh, it's just taking time for the market to realize Best wishes and good health to you all. Doc Jones.